Hey everybody, thanks for joining Spring Pack, the podcast. We have a great show lined up, lots to talk about, so let's get after it. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of Spring Path, the podcast. I have a, a great guest today to talk about international studies, studying abroad, uh, for joining us from the Middlesex University of London. This is Gabriella. Gabriella, thank you for joining the show. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. I'm very pleased yes. to be here. No, this is great. I'm actually looking forward to this because we've had such great conversations uh, off screen. And really, there's so much information that you have, especially with all your travels and your background, that you can share um, with our students and parents to really show the ability and what's available to students to look to study abroad. But uh, before we dive into that, I, you know, I want to let people get to know you a little bit. So some of the questions I have for you are, did you always want to be a college recruiter or how did you how did you start off your career? Uh, from high school to college and then get into this role? I didn't. I didn't even know that this was an option. Um, <laughs> I go to college for international recruitment. Um, I started very basically and honestly, I needed a job when I was at Middlesex University as I also studied there. I needed a job. Um, my recruiter, the person who had convinced me to come to Middlesex, um, I met her at the cafeteria one time and I'm like, so where are you going? She's like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go to HR. I need someone to help out in the team. And I'm like, I need a job. So long story <laughs> short, I started working, doing very basic stuff at the office. And then I started doing admissions. And because I was an international student myself, I was able to do a lot of inputs and give a lot of good ideas and we can do this, we can do that. Um, I started, you know, managing the America's inbox and, and traveling to the regions where people were already too tired to travel to, like Spain and Paris and Malta. Yeah, that sounds horrible. That sounds really tough. <laughs> they have to go away and they have families. And I was like, I have all the time in the world. So I started doing that, and one thing led to another. After I finished my master's degree in, in marketing communications, they offered me a job to manage Latin America um, as a, a region, and then I started taking on more responsibilities, and, and now I'm the manager of the whole Americas region, which includes Canada all the way down through Argentina. See, and that's fantastic. And I think one of the things when, when you and I were talking previously when we uh, first met is I can tell, and you, you kind of brought this up, but you have a passion for actually helping students. You, you want to see them make it to the next level and really get the word out on, you know, the benefits of studying abroad. Uh, so that kind of played right into your, your current role, which, uh, you know, you met with someone in the cafeteria, which uh, really opened the door for you. <laughs> I love so, it. Love my job. I would do it for free, but don't tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, no one's going to hear this. We're just going to put it out on every major network. <laughs> so, so with that, let me segue right into one of the, the key topics. You know, we, we get a, a lot of students and parents who come to us and say, you know, I'm thinking about studying abroad. I'm not sure. No one in my family has does it has done it. I'm not sure who to talk to. So Let's hit on a couple of the key things that that we know are extremely beneficial. So let's talk about how easy it is for 
a US-based student to start with uh, to actually select or be selected into an international school? Because there are some there are some key benefits to just the the level of um, standardized testing and th things like that. Can you speak to some of those? Yes, and off camera we were talking about how U.S. students don't realize how fortunate they are of mm -hmm. actually being able to be qualified entry requirement-wise, um, but also have all these abilities. So let me just start off with, with the entry requirements. Students in Latin America are not normally qualified unless they go to a specific Ivy school or something like that. But any regular U.S high school student from any regular high school district can actually come to most British universities if they have AP exams or SATs or um, ACTs. Um, it will depend on the British university, but at Middlesex, for example, starting this year, and I, I don't think this has been announced before, but starting this year in September 2022, if students have a GPA of over 3.2, they don't even need to take APs, ACTs, or SATs for most programs. Wow. Well, that's, that's right. So wow. Say you have a GPA 3.5 and you want to go into BA marketing, that's it. You're, you're academically qualified. That's fantastic. Um, it really is. Another thing is American students don't realize that they don't need to take an English test to prove their English language abilities at an academic level, whereas other countries really have to, and they struggle, and they have to pay for this very expensive test um, to so qualify them. Yeah, so the so, language barrier. Yeah. It is a, there's a language barrier, that's right. And then financially speaking, you know, telling a, a U.S. student that one year of, of – uh, tuition fee at Middlesex University is less than $20,000. And very probably that university in the U.S. that they're looking to go to, that's maybe two or three states away, is costing either the same or more. Sure. Yeah, than so what Middlesex is costing. Um, and they can use U.S. loans, so FAFSA loans. They can use 529 plans. They can, um, they can really save you know, a lot of Latin American families can't save in that speed where American families can. Um, the dollar and the British pounds are not that distant anymore. So there are a lot of advantages. So, Gabriella, you hit on some uh, very important uh, notes there where we're talking about the benefits or the the um, limiting the barriers to entry to go to an international or British school. And some of those key elements were, you know, the the standardized testing, um, being able to use uh, U.S. loans, FAFSA, the the language barrier is key because there is no language barrier. Um, but then, more importantly, now we get into the cost of an education uh, here in the U.S. Based on um, it's more cost effective looking at your school. But now, tell me about the duration because this one's key. This is actually a huge benefit for fast tracking your your uh, college career. And it also ties in with the financial benefit. So yes. in the UK, most programs, with the exception of Scotland, which has a US structure of higher education, but um, in Northern Ireland, England, and in Wales, the duration of normal bachelor degrees is just three years. So it's like a prefix menu. You can do 
you, you don't have the chance to segue into other, um, take other credits or, or take other unrelated classes. Um, you just go straight into your major and you can do a master's degree in one year. So in four years, you can get a bachelor's and a master's, whereas in the US, it's actually on average taking students 5.1 years to complete sure. higher education. Yeah, and I, then, think I, I think I told you I was I was on that five-year plan, I, and I'm not mm -hmm. a doctor, but yes. My <laughs> sister was on a six-year degree at the end of her career. Um, so that also ties in with the financial aspect, because think of it, you're just paying for three years of education instead of four plus. Sure, but the cost effectiveness of your tuition combined with doing a three-year and a one-year master's program. So within four years, you can have a master's degree, uh, which is extremely powerful, where, where you have uh, your counterparts possibly in the U.S. with their design having to go six years and That's pay right. more. <laughs> so there's huge benefit to that financially plus your time. Now let's talk about experience because this is this is key. You and I caught up uh, previously and we talked about the concept of your network, but more importantly, I think it ties together with the international studies and the people you meet and the way your, your expertise as you're getting your degree can really broaden into ways you would never think of because you're thinking globally now and meeting people globally. So uh, you had a couple of examples. So I'll let you speak to that. Yeah. So we were speaking about, take for instance, um, architecture. Um, and your two options are, let's limit it to Connecticut um, and let's limit it to London or to Middlesex University. So you do this three-year degree at Middlesex University, but you're really stepping into what I jokingly say, a United Nations meeting. And that's because London itself and the university is just a reflection of that. London itself is very multicultural, multi-ethnical, multinational. Sure. It's not the center of Europe, but it is. it feels like the center of Eurasia and Africa. So think of this, you're sitting in class with students from Nigeria, with students from Latin America. You're sitting in class with Indian students, Chinese students. Now, say you graduate, everyone goes off to you know, their own countries, you come back to Connecticut, or you apply for a multinational architecture film mm -hmm. firm, yep. and, uh, and they have projects in Nigeria, or they have projects in Japan. You're sure. just one phone call, one email, one Instagram message away from that friend who is also working in the industry back in their home country. Sure. So now you have this global network and that makes you a valuable asset to your company and to the project that you're working in. Um, I Another thing is that UK degrees are normally door openers, like I like to say. Sure. Door openers because at the very least, they're going to be a very good conversation starter at, a, at an interview. Mm -hmm. It makes you stand out. Um, and not only professionally, but personally, think of, of, um, of those experiences of living very closely with different cultures, trying their food, having deep conversations about their religion, their ways of life, um, their 
pathways and, and their country's uniqueness. Um, then finding out that we all laugh at the same jokes. So I was one of my best friends is Indian. Um, and the first thing she said to me is, oh, you know how to dance bachata. Bachata is a <laughs> very unique dance or rhythm from the Dominican Republic that I thought would never leave the Americas. But they have dance. Can you believe that they have dance <laughs> of bachata and salsa in India? And she was great at dancing. And to me, it was like, wow, we're more interconnected than we thought. Sure. Um, and this was years ago, of course. I, yeah. I now understand more about the world, but that was fascinating to me. And, and it's fascinating to my new students. No, and, and that's exactly it. it. It goes hand in hand. So now you're, you're meeting people uh, with different diverse backgrounds from all over the world. You're, you're building a network because that's so important. I know I stress this on, on multiple episodes and when I meet with parents and I talk with students that, you know, getting out of the gate when you first land on a campus and starting to build your network because people are going to spread. They're going to travel um, after school and just staying connected with them can come back to you in ways you can't even imagine in your professional life, but also in your personal life. And with this, now you're on a global scale. And to your point, you're learning, we'll use architecture, you're learning about architecture in different parts of the world that some of your colleagues that are in this one region in the U.S. are never going to know about. And then you can take those uh, experiences, that knowledge, and you can tend to apply it to what to your new project that you're doing, which just makes you infinitely value, more valuable. And that's if you want to come back to the U.S. Sure. So you could remain in the U.K. for up to two years on a postgraduate study visa. So you can oh, also get academic experience, professional experience, and then come back to the U.S., go elsewhere in the world. I've known students, or rather graduates, with job offers in Dubai, in Libya, in all of these exotic yeah. places. Sure. And so they're like, I really don't know what to choose. <laughs> <laughs> and this is real. I'm not making this up. Yeah, so it's, like kind of, it's, it's kind of like a launch pad. It, it, you know, you get the experience and, and then um, and learn all these different cultures, but then it can take you somewhere you never even dreamed. It took me somewhere I never even dreamed. I never thought of doing this, and and it's my passion. That's yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. See, these are these are the stories I love to get out and share with people because it just broadens the horizon and lets them know that this is possible. You know, the barriers to entry are so minimal, and to fast track um, with your timing on your education, but to also have this kind of experience and build a global network is just, uh, I mean, it's it's truly amazing. Uh, to open up doors. All right, so Gabriella, I'm a student. I, I I watch this podcast series. I think this is great, and I'm interested in learning more about um, Middlesex University of London. Where would you direct me, and where do I start looking at programs? Well, I'm glad to have convinced you into <laughs> thinking of studying in the UK. Um, I'm a very big advocate, as you can tell. I would say the first thing you need to know is, or the first thing you need to do is really think about what you want to study, what motivates you. Be 100% sure of that program that you want to study. Because fun fact, every program has specific entry requirements and you're not applying to the university, you're applying to the program. Uh, that's good to know. So All right. 
you could apply to several programs in the university and be rejected for one and admitted to others. I see. All right. So it's a little different. Okay. It's quite different. Um, we could do another podcast series on how to apply <laughs> and all of the implications, but that would be the first step. Think about what you want to study. Look at the course content on our website um, and, and really, you know, make sure that that's really what you're passionate about. Um, then you go on UCAS. It's UCAS.com. That's like the common app of the UK. Okay. And that's where you're going to be making an application. Um, you can apply for up to five universities or programs. So you can choose three programs from Middlesex and another two from two other universities or the same program at five different universities. That's the okay. maximum. Okay. Normally, you would hear, within a month, you'd hear about um, which will say, yes, everything looks good. It seems like by the end of the high school year, you will have met all of our entry requirements. Okay. Or, sorry, not this year, um, or not with the entry requirements that you've presented to us. Sure. So it's, it's quite a straightforward process. I am aware that it's different. It's not difficult. It is different, though. Um, but for more information on that, you can go on our website. It's mdx.ac.uk. Um, you can go to the USA-specific website um, webpage, which is mdx.ac.uk slash USA. And you'll find a context form that you can fill out and I can reach out to you. Or you can set up a call with me, um, a Zoom meeting with me, or, or you can email me directly as well. And you'll find those details on the website. Yeah, and, and it's important to note, as you, as you mentioned, just tying it back in. But, you know, it's a little different. You're, you're focusing on the program, but you want to have that step kind of squared away in your mind and, you know, what you're following because you're fast tracking within a, a three-year period, a degree. So you're going to get right into it. And um, then you can decide if you want to do a master's program just to have a master's in four years is amazing to me. And all this knowledge, information, and experience uh, is you know, just really cool. It's funny to me that you use the word fast track because in the UK, that's not fast track. It's just the general, right? <laughs> but if you wanted to fast track, we actually have two-year fast track programs, very select, business wow. management and another that's only two years. Your entry requirements must be elevated, of course, but sure. it's not impossible. So that's fit. That's even great. That's great to know. <laughs> So I don't even know what you call a faster fast track, but that's that's really cool. So, all right. So we would want to direct everyone to go to uh, mdx.ac.uk. And if you wanted to just go to the specific U.S. page, uh, it's mdx.uk. Uh, sorry, mdx.ac.uk slash U.S. And from there... USA, and then from there, start, start honing in and then to reach out to you because they have forms on there that they can send their information uh, and go from there. So with that, Gabriella, thank you very much for being on the show. This has been extremely informative. Um, I know this will help a number of students and their parents in making the decision. And as always, what I usually I tell everyone is please go to springpath.net and see if London University of Middlesex is a match for you. Thank you. Thank you.